Can you really die from stress? Can the stress be so overwhelming that it can kill you? I don't know. But I did hear that stress causes heart attacks. Stress can cause cancer. These are some of the things that we're going to be talking about in this week's podcast on the impact, the physical impacts that stress can have on our overall health. So how does stress impact our health? Well, we know that uh, from previous chapters, when we experience stress, we experience a physiological change. There are hormones that are released like cortisol, and these hormones do tend to have an implication in long-term impact or a long-term impact on our overall health. Meaning that, yes, stress can, um, or a stressful lifestyle can contribute to cancer, it can contribute to heart disease. We know that those hormones that are released as a part of that stress response, they wear down our immune system. So they make us less able to fight off even colds and flus and uh, those kinds of viruses, but they also make our immune system function less properly. And so it's not as well equipped to fight off things like cancer as well. We also know that stress impacts our sleep and that when we sleep less, our immune system functions less properly. And so stress not only may cause health problems, but it also impacts other parts of our lives that will impact our overall health and well-being then as well. In addition, stress will impact our lifestyle. So some of the things that stress can cause is people may start smoking because of their stress. It, you know, may release, smoking actually releases um, dopamine and it releases a lot of other neurotransmitters that make us feel good and make us feel like the stress is being alleviated. Now, obviously, smoking is linked with cancer and with other chronic pulmonary diseases, things like COPD and emphysema, and so that will diminish our overall health. Drinking, people may turn to drinking and alcohol as a way to cope or deal with their stress, which also is going to impair their physical health. Um, Chronic alcoholics will um, eventually become malnourished because their body is not as efficient in um, absorbing the nutrients that they are getting from the food that they eat. Um, In addition, the uh, alcohol is going to have other um, problems or create other problems, physical problems in their life, like uh, the degeneration of their liver or psoriasis of the liver. So there's all kinds of secondary side effects. Uh, Overeating. People may deal with their stress by eating or compound that by not having enough time to exercise. And so not exercising, not eating well will also not only increase your stress, but decrease your overall health and will not, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not exercising, you're not releasing that stress. And so that's going to increase your stress and again, it's going to um, impact your overall health from that standpoint. 
Engaging in risky sexual behaviors uh, may increase the likelihood of not only sexually transmitted diseases, but also things like AIDS, which may too then, which is going to impact your health and um, impact your stress. One of the big things that we're going to talk about in this chapter is drugs, because recreational drugs are a really primary way in which a lot of people, particularly here in America, deal with stress and anxiety. They turn to drugs to kind of eliminate or alleviate some of that stress. And so there's several major categories of drugs. There's five major types of drugs. There are narcotics. Narcotics are predominantly opioids. These are things like um, heroin, morphine, fentanyl. um, And what they do is they are pain relievers. So they actually bind to these receptors in our brain, opioid receptors, in which it's going to alleviate our pain. We have natural opioid receptors in our brain, and normally endorphins are produced, and endorphins are produced by our body, and they are our natural pain relievers. So when you go out and you're, I don't know, running a marathon, your body produces a large amount of endorphins to block the pain that you may feel from your muscles being tired or from the sheer effort of running. And so endorphins are our natural painkillers. Opioids or narcotics, heroin, morphine, and fentanyl are synthetic or man-made, and they bind to these receptor sites, and they create a euphoria by alleviating any pain that we're experiencing. It's also going to kind of cause this drowsiness or impaired, which is going to accompany impaired mental functioning. People who are on narcotics cannot think clearly because their brain is really being the receptor sites. Um, It's going to slow down uh, the um, rate at which we're thinking. It's going to slow down our movements. And it just kind of creates that um, pain relief sensation. The next uh, category of drugs that we're going to talk about are sedatives. Sedatives are barbiturates. These are things like succinol. um, And there's also in the category of um, sedatives are benzos, benzodiazepans. Um, Benzodiazepans are things like um, quaaludes, um, Xanax, Ativan, Uh, Valium, those are all benzodiazepines. And these are used really, um, the, the main use for them is for sleeping or alleviating anxiety because they're gonna bind to receptor sites in our brain that are going to reduce our anxiety and they're going to also reduce our inhibitions. So um, we are not going to be as self-controlled when we're on sedatives. Um, They are going to sedate us, so they're going to slow down your central nervous system, which means they're going to slow down your breathing. They're going to slow down your respiratory rate. They're going to create a generalized, slower well-being, an impaired or um, slowed down thinking process, impaired movements, And so everything's going to be a little bit slower with those. They're sedating you or slowing you down. 
Um, our barbiturates are predominantly used in the hospital to put people to sleep uh, for major surgeries. The next category of drugs that we're going to talk about are stimulants. Stimulants are things like amphetamines and cocaine. Those are the major stimulants, although nicotine as well as caffeine are also stimulants. We just don't classify them as really drugs because they're all around us, particularly with caffeine. But um, stimulants are going to do just the opposite. From sedatives, stimulants are going to increase everything. So they're going to increase our heart rate. They're going to increase our respiratory rate. They're going to increase all of the functioning of those neurons. And so we're going to feel like we're alert and alive. We're going to have this euphoria that is going to be um, amazing from a standpoint that we're going to feel like we can do anything and conquer anything, but it's going to be very short-lived. It's also going to create some um, excessive talking, maybe some irritability. It is going to, particularly in the case of amphetamines, it's going to reduce your appetite. It's going to create insomnia or reduce your need to sleep. Um, it's going to, it can create some um, aggressiveness uh, and some paranoia. Um, amphetamines, the most common amphetamine uh, from a recreational standpoint is meth or methamphetamines. Um, and that's one of the big stimulants that um, we're seeing now. And it does um, increase your um, uh, increase your aggressiveness and increase your hostility sometimes um, because it's stimulating you. When we were talking about stimulants and I mentioned that caffeine is a stimulant, caffeine is also a great example of tolerance. We don't think about caffeine as being a drug mainly because we all use caffeine. Caffeine is all around us and we are all so tolerant. We have built up tolerance and what tolerance is is that when you have used a drug enough, your body becomes physically dependent on it. And so then you need more of that drug to feel the impact. So like I mentioned with caffeine, we're all addicted to caffeine. We use caffeine every day. And so we built up a tolerance. And this is a great example. I always have somebody who says, oh, I'm not tolerant of caffeine uh, or caffeine isn't a stimulant for me. I can drink a whole pot of coffee and go to bed. That, my friends, is what we call tolerance. Your body has built up an immunity to it, so a whole pot of coffee doesn't impact it. It doesn't create the stimulating effect. Um, smoking is another great example of tolerance because uh, cigarette smoking, it almost creates almost instantaneous tolerance. The first time that you smoke, you may experience this euphoria. You may feel dizzy. You may feel nauseous. Um, all of those things are fairly normal, and that is the impact of the drug itself. The second time that you smoke, you probably don't feel any of those impacts, and that's because your body has already built up tolerance to that drug, and so now you would need more of that drug in order to feel that dizziness or that nausea that you felt the first time. The next category of drugs is hallucinogens. These are things like LSD, mescaline, psilocybin, all of those 
that are going to create this euphoria by altering our perceptions. So they're going to interfere with how we see things, how we hear things, how we taste and touch things. Um, Everything is going to kind of become jumbled or confused. Um, It can create some anxiety because of this. Um, A lot of people experience what they call a bad trip, and that's the anxiety that is created when all of these perceptions kind of get mixed up or get uh, misrepresented. The last um, drug that we're going to talk about is cannabis. Um, Cannabis, which is technically a hallucinogen, the most common cannabis is marijuana or hashish. Of course, the chemical element in that is THC. And this, um, it actually creates a euphoria by relaxing the person and creating some altered perceptions. So it is going to um, alleviate some stress through relaxation. It does slow down the body a little bit, the slowdown of the central nervous system. It does, though, also impair memory it impairs your motor skill movements, and it can create some anxiety. So those are the major categories of drugs. Now, obviously, drugs are one of the most um, common ways in which people deal with their stress or try to alleviate their stress is by turning to drugs um, as a mechanism for escaping. Now, this obviously is not going to eliminate any stress in the long term, and it actually creates a bigger issue when we're looking at the impact of or the potential for physically becoming addicted to a drug. When we become physically addicted to a drug, when we stop using that drug, we are going to experience withdrawal symptoms. Withdrawal symptoms meaning nausea, vomiting, sweating, and tremors that may accompany um, our bodies not having that drug. The other problem that we experience, though, is psychological dependency, meaning that we think we have to have the drug. And so this is oftentimes the case with things like sedatives. Those sedatives that we were talking about, the benzodiazepines, the Valium, the Ativan, and um, similar substances... If you take a Valium every night before you go to bed, it will create a very fast psychological dependency, meaning that as soon as you're out of Valium, you're you're going to probably create a lot of anxiety and more stress because you're going to worry that you're not going to be able to sleep because you you don't have that medication. We have associated that medication with a good night's sleep. And so when we don't have it, it creates more anxiety. And that is a psychological dependency, meaning that we feel like we have to have it in order to sleep. We can create a psychological dependency, not only to drugs or alcohol, but to really anything in our environment. If we, um, every night before we go to bed, you eat a bowl of ice cream, that you can create a psychological dependency, meaning this desire to have it every night. You feel like you have to have it and you can't stop thinking about it. And so these can be really maladaptive behaviors. And ultimately, in the long term, they can uh, impact our health and create more stress. 
So I encourage you to really take a look at the behaviors in your environment, which ones are creating more stress for you than are being beneficial, and eliminate those in, those uh, behaviors in your environment that may actually be creating more stress instead of reducing stress.